It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder actually lose a basketball game. They lose the Sacramento Kings, but Josh Giddy still performs extremely well. Trey Mann handles the load well as well, as Pokashevsky is back in their rotations. So much to discuss on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown po- Podcast Network, your teams every day, or the Lockdown Poku Network, your teams every day. Daily Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show. L.O. Thunderpod at gmail.com on today's show, which is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Sacramento Kings on the second night of a back-to-back. Poku is back in the rotation, at least for now. Josh Giddy continues to thrive, and the injury bug is ravishing the Oklahoma City Thunder. But again, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. One of the biggest things from this game is the injury bug. Shea, out until the All-Star break. Mike Muscala did not play ankle injury. Paul Watson did not play. Lou Dort did not play. Had a, had a facial contusion, which is now being described as a nasal contusion. So he's questionable for the Warriors game. He might be wearing a mask in that game, which would uh, give him superpowers. Aaron Wiggins out with, with an ankle injury. Isaiah Roby out with an ankle injury, but Critchy out with an ankle injury, and he was just sent back to the Oklahoma City Blue. Jeremiah, Jeremiah Rumson out for six weeks with a foot injury, and then for the Kings, Darren Fox didn't play, and neither did Marvin Bagley. So this was like an injury fest all the way around, which the Thunder lose 113-103. to 103. 
Of course, this was the second night of back-to-back on the road for the Thunder. Harrison Barnes was incredible for the Kings, scoring 24 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. All Kings starters scored double figures. Two more Kings had 9 points. OKC only had 4 players in double figures with 2 uh, chipping in at 9 points as well. But the big thing from the game itself has to be Pokashevsky, uh, who gets to play 26 minutes off the bench tonight after not being on the rotation for the better part of a month and uh, being with Yoakum City Blue in that time as well in the G League. And just this entire season, not having a legitimate role with the NBA team and seeing his role really be put on a leash for the Thunder and only playing in 10-minute spurts, 12-minute spurts per game at the NBA level. And so in this game, due to the injuries and due to everything that's moving around with the Thunder, he played 26 minutes off the bench. This game was a game where he did have more of that luxury of a longer leash and more give to his game. And he did get to explore more things on the floor. And he scores 12 points, hauls in nine rebounds, gets three assists, and he just competed really well all the way around. Josh Giddy set him up for a ton of catch-and-shoot looks. He tried a mid-range drive jumper, which was a, a bit awkward, as as a lot of things that Poku does are. Uh, he did hit a mid uh, a contested three as well, had a nice dunk down the lane, and did have a beautiful Euro move to avoid a charge and finish at the rim. He also had a Baisley put back on a Baisley missed shot. But Pokashevsky back in uh, the lineup, and this was a more typical Poku game from last year where he showed you flashes of, huh, this seven-footer that's so young and uh, interesting could end up being something uh, that teams covet and also flashes of, eh, probably don't want to do that. So the eh and uh was in this game for Poco. And uh, all in all, uh, as we get to the trade line on Thursday and get into the home stretch of this season, uh, you're hoping to see more of Poku uh, moving forward. He's still a very, very young player, one of the youngest in the NBA still. Uh, and he just has not gotten that NBA opportunity yet, but they do see the value in kind of keeping him on a short leash and just kind of teaching him how to compete. And Mark said, you know, part of that thing is that he got so much burn last year of experience, and now it's time to get measured experience in the sense of, you know, uh, getting quality experience, and not just experience in itself, of just running yourself ragged in the NBA and not really um, refining your tools, so to say. So I think that that's kind of more where this organization is at right now with Poku is trying to get him into that more uh, – more disciplined role and teaching him how to play at the NBA level versus just teaching him uh, to run up and on a court and, and do whatever he thinks is best. So Oku back in the rotation for now. We'll see how long that lasts. It probably will happen again tonight against the Warriors as that, as that injury report is very, very lengthy again. Uh, but as well as the injuries force Poku back in the lineup, it does force Darius Basley back in that starting lineup. And you got to give basically credit for the way he played in this game, played very well. And it is hard uh, to bounce back and forth between a starting player and a bench player. Uh, just like it'd be hard if in baseball you put a starting starting pitcher in the bullpen and then back in the rotation and back in the bullpen every few days. It just wouldn't. It just doesn't let you get in kind of that rhythm or routine. And and, and with Baisley, who's such an up and down player and has had uh, such long cold streaks and a few uh, decent hot streaks, you can tell that. Uh, the common denominator there is probably routine and probably getting into a, a good rhythm for himself. And so bouncing him back and forth probably isn't the best scenario for him. And, and this time it's kind of just uh, the, the mercy of the injury report. And you kind of have nobody else to put in there. And so he was forced into this role. And so being forced into this role, he's done pretty good as a starter in this stretch. Plays 37 minutes tonight, uh, 18 points, seven rebounds, an assist, 
and three steals. Also, the two turnovers shot 42% from the floor, 33% from deep. Got uh, He got blocked on one drive. Uh, he had one out-of-control drive that he should not have you know, even attempted. Uh, I-, I think that with this game, you saw the nice coast-to-coast finish. You saw him doing a really great job of drawing fouls down low on the offensive end. You also saw him miss a easy baseline mid-range jumper. You also saw him have a fantastic athletic putback uh, uh, tip-in layup. He also had an amazing drive where he had a full head of steam uh, going towards the rim off the dribble and turns that into a reverse layup that you just can't really guard because he's so athletic. And I think that with, with Baisley, you see those full head of steam reverse layups and you see those tip-ins that, that use so much of that athletic, athletic ability. You see him go coast-to-coast coast with his ball handling. You also see an air ball from three. You also see a drive where he tries to just dunk on five people and it just doesn't work. And he's out of control. And I think that one thing for Baisley is it seems like he's pressing a bit to where um, he wants to prove how athletic he is. He wants to prove he can accomplish these things, things at the NBA level. And sometimes he even lets the success push him to a bad place where he gets away with one tough finish that, ah, eh, you probably shouldn't have taken that shot, but you're good and you're athletic and you got away with it. And then he tries to, tries to push the limit. He, he tries to push and push and push until you're no longer going to get away with that anymore. And I think that settling him down will be a big thing in his career uh, to get him where the Thunder want him to be and where he wants to be because he can be a very legitimate piece for an NBA team. Now, uh, look, I don't know if that place for him is here in Oklahoma City to be a legitimate piece in the rotation, a legitimate kind of piece of a long-term roster, but he does have the ability to be one in Oklahoma City and elsewhere because he's so athletic, because he's so uh, good defensively, especially as an off-ball defender. I think that with him, it's a it's a big issue with him of just settle everything down. You don't got to do too much. And he tries to kind of get into that mode where he, again, gets that tough finish and now wants to test the limits of that tough finish instead of, okay, I got that one. Let's go back to the drawing board and try to get back discipline and taking high-quality shots. It's like if you let him get away with one thing, he takes a mile, so to say. So, But basically still – Really good game, especially considering the circumstances. I do think that people do not realize how difficult it is to have your role change and have your routine change and have your expectations change of when you're going to play, who you're going to play with, and who you're going to play against. It's a totally different mindset. And that's why I give Tiger Roman guys like that credit too, who will go three games at a time without playing and then all of a sudden play 20 minutes a night. Like that is very difficult for yourself as well. So I think that with Baisley, this is a good game for him. I'd grade this game at about a B or, or a B minus for Baisley, which is good, and it's good enough for the Thunder. So we'll see how he can grow with this on Monday against Golden State. A tougher matchup for him as well. But one thing that's not tough, folks, one thing that's very, very easy, one thing that's an A-plus grade is Built Bar. Built Bar is fantastic, folks. Built Bar is where you want to be. Built Bar is a protein bar. That tastes just like a candy bar. This is the time of year that I've given up on all my New Year's resolutions by now. And not this year, though. This is what it used to be. Around this time of year, used to give up on those resolutions, but not this time. You want to know why? You want to know why I'm sticking to my routine? It's because, for me, I am choosing Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that can help me stay on track. They have so many new flavors, 
And most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is typically about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. You know which one to pick. And the reason why I'm so consistent with the built bar is because, folks, listen to this. It's because they have so many great flavors. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and the new white chocolate cookies and cream. Now, you know, you know I love cookies and cream. If you've listened to the show before, you know cookies and cream is my, is my absolute favorite flavor. White chocolate cookies and cream sounds just delightful. So check it out. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern. And the Locked On NBA podcast will cover it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Central Time. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, which Locked On Fantasy Basketball, folks, is the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world to get analysis on every single blockbuster move subscribe to the lockdown nba youtube page and turn on the notifications so you know whenever they go live i'll be in there in the chat as well watching the show commenting what i'm hearing from the thunder side of things if the thunder make a big move i'll hop on there as well as will our local experts from every single team when their team makes a move so hear from all of us it's a network-wide event something only we can do at the lockdown podcast network so Make sure you check out Locked On NBA on YouTube. That's where the stream will be. And it will begin on Thursday, February 10th at 2 p.m. Central Time, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and we'll have to adjust to the other time zones. I'm not going to do the math here. I'm not very good at math. That's why I am a journalism major. So talk about this incredible Kings game where the Thunder played pretty well. Still got a loss, their first loss since SGA left with an ankle injury until the All-Star break. Uh, and so... When we look at this game, we see that Baisley played well. Poku back in the rotation played well. An interesting thing here, though, is Mamadi, who played very well. Nine points, eight rebounds, 66% from the floor. Worked that pick-and-roll game with Josh Giddy pretty well all game. One for three from the line, though, trying to improve that as well. If you go three for the line, for example, your points look a lot different in this one. 24 minutes in this game. His 10-day deal expires right around the deadline. And the Thunder have an op- open roster spot. Look, he's made another start in this game due to the injuries. The organization has hyped him up since day one. They claimed him off waivers, liked him so much, and they have said how much they like him. And I do wonder, if he doesn't have that hip fracture in, in training camp, does he make this team out of the gate? And Gabriel Deck kind of gets cut at that point in the season, or in the preseason. And... It's interesting, and it's always calculated with the Thunder. The Thunder are always very calculated to where he kind of aligns with the trade deadline in, his, in the sense of his 10-day deal being expired. 
I do wonder what the plan is because as you, as I've said before on this podcast for months, I, I've heard from multiple sources that the Thunder are going to go on the deadline and they're going to use this open roster spot to take on two for one trades and take on more salary and be a salary dumping grounds to get better assets in return. What do the Thunder do with that open roster spot for now with the deadline and also beyond the deadline? Because there's a lot of different options. If the Thunder truly love Mamadi, which they say that they do, you can use that roster spot to just give him the NBA spot out of the gate, right? But you also have your 55th overall pick, Aaron Wiggins, who's played very, very well uh, and who the Thunder love very, very much. That seemed like a no-brainer to go in that spot, right? And then you also have the ability to, of course, trade for an additional player in the two-for-one deal and not buy them out and keep them on that spot. So there's just so many moving parts that we're going to have a clearer picture on Friday. But I would not be surprised if somebody gets in some way a form, uh, some form of a roster spot on this team, given how much the organization really likes him and given uh, how well he's played so far with the organization, even going back to training camp, much less this very uh, good stretch that he's on right now on this 10-day deal. But he played good. He played really, really good. As to Taylor Maldon, shout out to Maldon, by the way. Solid off the bench, nine points, a rebound, an assist, one missed shot, one foul, one for one from three. Um, another guy who's bounced in and out of the rotation and who's not had the year he's wanted to have. He's been very bad this year, uh, by and large. But this was a good game for Taylor Maldon, so credit to him. But we have to talk Josh Giddy. In this game, Josh Giddy does Josh Giddy things and gives so much hope for the future. 37 minutes, 24 points, eight assists, four rebounds, four steals. I should say four turnovers, two fouls, 52% from the floor, one for five from deep. He had that classic floater in the paint, but it was not just in the paint. He hit a floater in this game from the low block, you know, kind of angling, cutting baseline, and Malon found him. He also had a floater in this game from the top of the key, like around the elbow, really leaping before the elbow, even was, you know, before the elbow on the floor. His... His floater is something he's very comfortable with, and he's and he's obviously comfortable now taking that at a lot of different spots on the floor. I mean, he's practically leaping from the three-point line, that floater, uh, around the, the free-throw line and, and elbow uh, in this game. Also, had a contested layup at the rim, a traditional layup at the rim. I think that the floater just gives him so many options. We've talked about this before, but it shows his soft touch uh, with the basketball, which hopefully translates well to his eventual shooting ability. It also gives him so many options once the Thunder find a more traditional big man for him to turn that floater look into a pass to the big man, you know, a lob or whatever the case is to the little block to the big man. Uh, and he's just a really good scorer with it. But another thing that gave me a lot of hope, not just that the fact that now he's seeing that floater off in a bunch of different avenues and a bunch of different spots on the floor, it's that the jump shot from the elbow he made in traffic was a good sign, but also in transition, fast break, uh, he pulls up, spot up three, pull up off the dribble in transition where he could have gotten to the rim, and he hits it. And I think that when you look at this, and he goes one for five from three, you might look at the box score and go, oh, man, he didn't shoot well from three. It's the fact that he's acknowledged, hey, i got to change my shot this offseason, but there's nothing I can do about it in season. I can't change my shot in season. Uh, it's, an, it's He's acknowledged that he needs to improve in that area. He's not somebody that thinks that they, that they don't need to improve and that they or above it, or they don't need a three-point shot to survive in the NBA. He's not in that camp as some players are. He understands he needs to change the three-point shot and, and get better from distance. And he understands he's not shooting very well from three. Right? That's no secret. But yet to still have that confidence in yourself to shoot a transition three when you could have gotten a better shot and you're such an elite playmaker 
that driving to the rim opens up the lanes for other players to succeed and for you to get an assist. To shoot that shot shows so much confidence and belief in yourself and such a competitive attitude and edge in that spot of the game in the third quarter in a tight game on the road, second night of back-to-back. Whenever you're feeling the pressure of, okay, all these guys are out. This is kind of kind of my team now at 19 years old. I got to lead this team for the time being. That just shows kind of the mental makeup of him that I think will will carry him in his career to, to a very, very successful place. And I think that you saw his leadership on the floor on, on display on the floor on, on Saturday. Whenever he's making the extra pass and always making the right swing pass in the midst of a play, even if it's to a guy who's also struggled. I mean, I think of the extra pass to take a great from a good shot that he would have had to a great shot to Poku wide open in the corner. I think that that right there instills confidence in your teammates of, I know you're struggling, but I'm still going to get you this ball and take it out of my hands and give it to you because I believe this is the time you're going to make it in the corner. And I believe that this is going to break your cold spell. Whenever he has 20-plus points and he's the true leader on this team right now without all those other guys, it all falls on him to still show that level of confidence in a teammate that's been struggling a lot might be me looking too much into it, but I think that it kind of does show his leadership in that way. And then that transition transition three was just, it was jaw dropping, not the sense that he made it, but in the sense of like, wow, you're taking that shot in that spot now. That sort of thing really, really spoke to how competitive he is and how, and how just kind of confident he is. And with his work ethic, with his competitiveness, this attitude, I don't see how he hasn't become a league average three-point shooter in his career. And at that point, if he gets to league average with his playmaking chops, that's all he needs. That is all he needs. Anything more than that is gravy, and that right there will make him an elite player. It really will. And he said after the game that you know he, he liked the fact that he got his ass kicked by Harrison Barnes, his words, not mine, and that he thinks that it will make him better uh, in the long run. Uh, and then he also had some nice passes, as he always does, like it, basically a lob pass to Derek Favors on the pick and roll. Also ran that pick and roll with Amadi and had a beautiful bounce pass in the pocket to Mamadi for an and one layup. Uh, just really good game from Josh Giddy. We're going to talk about Trey Mann and how the Thunder lost this game to the Kings coming up. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at Bet Online, folks, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football marches through the playoffs right up to the big game next week, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just it's not just football, folks. Not just football. BetOnline has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, with real time live updates on current games. So do not wait. Take advantage right now these amazing offers for the 2022 season, but online, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. 
Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first lesson every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second lesson, go check out the Lockdown Bets podcast, which is winning you money for free every single day. Go check that out as well. Now, again, thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first lesson every single morning, every single day. Subscribe for free across all platforms. Every episode every day is free. So make sure you subscribe on Apple, on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts from, subscribe over there uh, as well. So let's dive into this game some more and talk Trey Mann. Trey Mann, again, getting that minutes boost, becoming more of a of a leader of sorts um, for the Thunder, given the uh, given the injuries. He plays 32 minutes, 16 points, 33% from the floor and from deep. Three assists, three rounds and a steal. Like the game from Trey Mann. Always is a nifty score. And I just, I can't wait to see how Trey Mann's career unfolds. Like, it's like you kind of want to rush it because you see, you see the makeup of this guy can be one of the best bucket getters, just pure bucket getters in the NBA. And what does that look like in two years, in three years, in four years? What does that look like for the Thunder and for himself uh, long term? But how the Thunder win this game or lose this game? Well, they lost it because Sacramento. Uh, grew a 17-point lead at one point. The Thunder's largest lead was one point. Uh, two times the lead changed hands. Five times uh, the, the game was tied. Sacramento won the rebounding edge 47-41. to 41. Sacramento had one more turnover. Sacramento shot 51% from the floor, 37% from three, and 66% from the floor. The Thunder shot 48% from the floor, 30% from deep, and just 62% at the line, which is not good considering the Thunder typically shoot the ball really, really well from the free throw line. And that was not the case in this game. Uh, they tied for points in the paint. Sacramento won the second chance points, 14 to 15. OKC won fast break points, 40, uh, 14 to 11. OKC bench outscored Sacramento's 30 to 27. Sacramento wins the first three quarters. In the fourth quarter, the team's tied. So that's how the Thunder lose this game, 113 to 101. But the, but the Thunder did have one more point off of turnovers. So that's kind of the story of this game and, and the Thunder fall to the Kings after a three game winning streak without SGA. And now they kind of settle into an interesting spot here. They play golden state on Monday in OKC returning home. And the injury report is not kind to the Thunder SGA ankle injury out that Critchie G league out Jeremiah Robinson Earl foot out Isaiah Roby ankle out Aaron Wiggins ankle out Mike Muscala ankle out. Lou Dort, nasal fracture, questionable. So you have a chance to lose SGA, Wiggins, Roby, Robertson Earl, Muscala, and Dort in this game. Hopefully Dort can play, though. And if Dort does play, again, he'll probably be wearing a mask, which, of course, will spark all the memes and uh, likely be very, very fun. So subscribe to Lockdown Thunder on all platforms for free so you never miss an episode. Follow me on Twitter for live updates at Rylan underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And until tomorrow, whenever we recap the Golden State Warriors game, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.